praise in this house. Woo, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, come on, if you know you serve a great God, somebody give him praise. If you know you serve a great God, somebody open your mouth and give him a great praise in this place. Thank you, Jesus. You can make your way back to your seats. It feels good in this house tonight. Hallelujah. How many are excited to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. How many are excited to be in the house of the Lord tonight for youth service? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Look at your neighbor and tell him you look good tonight. Amen. Let's stand in this house for the reading of the word. Thankful to be in the house of the Lord. I want to give first glory and honor to my God. Thankful to be here tonight. How many of you are thankful for your leadership? <laughs> Pastor Hammond, Sister Hammond. How many are you thankful for Pastor Hammond? And Sister Hammond. How many thankful for Pastor Spurlaza and Sister Spurlaza? Man, y'all can make a little more noise than that heat. Come on. Show them that you love them. Amen. They are awesome. They are absolutely incredible. I'm thankful for what, for the vision you have for youth service. For everything that you're doing. I don't plan on being before you long tonight because I know kids don't have a very long attention span with, with Fortnite and uh, what's the new what's the new game now? Warzone and TikTok and YouTube. So we're gonna keep it short, but hey, let's 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 make an agreement. I won't go long if you won't talk over me. Is that a good agreement? If you pay attention and don't talk over me, I won't go long. All right, let's do this. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Jeremiah chapter 18. They should have it on the screen for you if you don't have your Bibles. Share with your neighbor. Somebody say sharing is caring. Amen. I want to give honor to the bishop of this house, Bishop... Williams, I love you and I thank you. Amen. And say I'm thankful for my beautiful wife. Love you. I would not be the man that I am today if it wasn't for her. Plain and simple. Young men, let me tell you something. And young ladies... If you're looking for a partner in life, 
Don't look for somebody that, that looks the part. Don't look for somebody that, that dresses the way they should or doesn't act the way they should. Don't look for somebody that when it's time for altar call, they're the first ones in the bathroom. Don't look for somebody that I can't submit to an authority figure in their life. Let me tell you, finding a spouse is probably one of the most single most important things that you will ever do in your life aside from experiencing salvation. It is what will make or break the rest of your life. And if you if you marry someone that is not going to challenge you, and if you marry someone that's not going to push you, and isn't going to pray for you, and isn't going to hold you accountable, and you didn't marry a spouse, you married a, a dead weight is what you married. And I know we're young, right? We're young. But let me tell you, it comes a lot sooner than you think. You'll start having googly eyes for the boy across the room. And you'll start getting tongue-tied when you talk to that one girl. Heart starts beating a little faster. Don't know what's going on. Just make sure it's, it's, it's beating for the right one. Make sure you get tripped up over the right one. Amen. It's not a race to see who gets married first. It's not a race. Remember, you got to spend the rest of your life with that person. I'm thankful for you, babe. I love you. I've got a burden in my heart tonight. I pray that God will help me deliver it. So again, if you'll pay attention, if you'll, if you'll listen, we won't be long, all right? Jeremiah chapter 18, beginning at verse 1. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Jeremiah, just so you know, was a prophet. A prophet was somebody who spoke the words that God gave them to people, sometimes these things were futuristic things. Sometimes these were things that were going to happen or they were things that they had already happened and nobody else knew about. The word of the Lord which came to Jeremiah, arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I, Jeremiah speaking, went down to the potter's house and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. So are you in my hand. 
With the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to talk to us for just a couple minutes, nothing too long, about the potter's masterpiece. The potter's masterpiece. Why don't you lay your Bibles down? Why don't you lift your hands toward heaven? And let's close our eyes and let's ask God to meet us in this house. Come on, somebody. Come on, young people. You can pray. You can, you can talk to God. You don't have to be ashamed. Somebody lift your voice. Jesus, we need you in this place. Lord, move like never before. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. Speak to me, oh God. Talk to me, Jesus. It's me that's standing in the need. God, I need a word from you today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. God, use us for your glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. You may be seated. I want to talk to us a little bit about what Jeremiah the prophet was encountering here. God comes to him one day and says, hey, why don't you go down to the potter's house? Everybody familiar with pottery, right? It's those cups that you, that you drink out of when you're drinking hot chocolate, those, those, those mugs. Sometimes it's plates that you eat on. It's pottery. What it is is it's clay. And it's molded and it's shaped and it's fired, which means it's put into a furnace and then it hardens. And then they paint it and then they use it as tools. They use it as tools for, for, for eating. So the word of the Lord comes to him and tells him, go to the potter's house and I'm going to show you some things there. Jeremiah was a prophet to Israel. God used this man to speak multiple times to the children of Israel. The Bible says that he went down to the potter's house and behold, the potter was there. Much like Sister Ganael is today. We don't have the traditional tools that they had back then, but I can almost see it happening. Jeremiah creaking open the door to that little wooden shack. And he looks inside and he, he's standing off to the side and he can see the potter. As his hands are on the, on the piece of clay and he's forming it and he's, 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 he's shaping it into... So it, right now it looks like nothing, right? Right now it just looks like a lump of dirt. But in the end, that's going to be something beautiful. In the end, it's going to be something, something useful. Right now, you can't really use it. It has no value. So she, the, the, the potter is there making the clay. And, and the Bible says, it's good to see you up here, Wesley. You look good up here. Amen. The Bible says that the vessel that he made... The vessel that he made was marred in his hands. He walks in and he's, 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 he sees the potter making the vessel. And, and something happens and, and, and what ends up, what, what he ends up thinking is, is supposed to be is something beautiful actually ends up being a disaster. He's making this, this piece of pottery. It's something that he has in mind. It's, a, it's designed in his mind. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be perfect. And then all of a sudden... Disaster strikes. And the vessel gets marred. I'm going to come down there. A little bit out of my comfort zone, but we're going to do it tonight. 
Bible says that the vessel was marred in the potter's hand. While he was making it, while he had his hands on and he was forming it, something happened that caused it to lose shape. And so what happens is the potter now has to start all over and make it again. So now, now, now check it out. Check it out. Look at the process though. This clay is so hard and so thick that the potter has to push on it. And the potter has to look, look at Look at she's straining. She can't hardly do it right now. It takes work. It takes effort. Can I tell you today that you and I are just like this piece of clay right here. That's what, Jer that's what God was trying to show Jeremiah is my people are just like this clay. And sometimes in life we go through situations and we have these things happen to us that are really not comfortable. We get smacked around a lot and we get, we get people. God puts his hands on us as it were, right? And he's pushing on us. And there's, there's some times where some things happen that are just uncomfortable and they're, they don't feel good. Whether it's a parent, you lose a parent. Whether you lose a sibling. Maybe you grew up without parents. Maybe you lost a grandparent, maybe something, I don't know, you name it, something happened in your life that was uncomfortable, that was, it felt like it, there was pressure, it felt like there was, like somebody had its hands on you and it was squeezing and it was pushing things out of the way and it was, just was, just didn't feel good, it was uncomfortable. But the process of making something beautiful doesn't just happen overnight. See how long it's taken her? And all she's making is a little bowl. Imagine, she's making, is that what she's making, a mug? You're smart. Imagine something like this. This, was, this started as that. And look at how beautiful that is. But do you think it just happened in a couple seconds? No, it took time. Sometimes you becoming... What God wants you to be. Or sometimes you coming out of that environment and, and getting away from that past takes some time. But it's a process. Which means that if you don't quit the process, that eventually you'll end up just like this beautiful piece of pottery. Sometimes we can, oh, sorry. Hey, yell at me. He's like, it's too dirty. Sometimes we can confuse the process of and the, 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 the pushing of God's fingers with other people. And we can, we can think that, you know, I'm on my way to becoming what God's, God wants me to be. And, and I'm trying to live for God, but all these people around me keep pushing my buttons. And, and all these situations keep happening. My, my teacher at school is, is mean and she hates me. And... 
and they give me all kinds of homework all the time, and my parents don't like me, they don't listen to me, I don't have any friends. Everywhere I go, everybody I meet, they always, they hate me, they talk about me, my friends lie to me. I mean, you name it. We can confuse it and we can think that it's just people being people. But can I tell you that God takes everything that happens in our lives and he uses it for good. Every situation, every problem, every circumstance, everything that you go through, whether it's good or bad, he takes that and he uses it to make you into something beautiful. I don't know what you're going through today, what your situation may look like, but I'm here to tell you that if you'll stick with the process, if you'll keep coming to church, if you'll keep living for God, if you keep doing what God's told you, what your teachers tell you to do, what, what your pastor tells you to do, then you'll be made into something beautiful. You'll become a masterpiece. See, part of the issue with life sometimes is that we don't learn the first time. Anybody ever been told they were hard-headed? I still get told that I'm hard-headed. And I don't learn. I think I've gotten better. But the... The thing is, is that there are times where God is trying to maybe get some things out of you, which is why he's got his hands on you, and he's pushing, and he's pressing. He's trying to get some things out of you. So every time it rises to the surface and he begins to make something beautiful, and he, 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 he's got something that looks great, and it, every time it gets to that point, you go and mess it up. Every time it gets to that point, you, you fail. And then all of a sudden, it, you, took, you spent all that time. You spent all that time. You spent all that time trying to make something beautiful. God spent all that time. Can I put it this way? God spent all that time on you. Brought you through those situations so you could learn from it. But oftentimes what happens is we need to get put back onto the potter's wheel. And the potter has to grab us again. Let me just tell you right now, if you'll get this right now, then it'll save you some trouble in life. If you learn to stay on the potter's wheel and just let him get things out of you. And just let things go and just learn to be obedient and learn to submit your will to the will of the potter, then you won't have to keep going through the process. Jeremiah said that he walked in and he saw that the potter was working at the wheel and that he had this piece of pottery and that it was marred in the potter's hand, which means that it was damaged. It had, it had imperfections. It was on its way to being something beautiful, but somewhere along the way, the, the, the clay... Right? The piece of pottery got something mixed up somewhere and it became damaged. And so over and over again, 
The potter has to put its hands back onto the clay and has to make it something beautiful. If you keep running from God and if you keep, if we keep, if we keep going through the same things over and over again and we don't learn from it, it's the same thing as you going back to the potter's will and having to be remade all over again. I can remember times growing up where it, it just seemed crazy because it was like, why am I, why is the same thing happening? Anybody ever, ever, ever been there? Ever had an experience like that? And sometimes to a child it looks wrong, right? It may just be my teacher always does this to me and only me. Pastor Hammond always calls me out. Nobody else. Because that's what Pastor Hammond does. He only calls certain people out. One person. Pastors for Lazar always has to pull me aside. Could it be that God is trying to get some things out of you? Could it be that God is trying to make you into something beautiful, but because of your stubbornness, you have to keep going back onto the potter's wheel. And you have to keep being, look, this is the third thing that she's made. It's totally different. God had a perfect design for you in the beginning, but sometimes you keep messing it up, and he's got to start all over, and sometimes it looks a little different from when it was starting. If we keep going through the same process, there's not going to be any clay left. He'll do it again and again and again until you're finally ready. Until you're finally ready to be what he made you to be. The beautiful thing about this story is I love the way that the Bible words it. It says that the clay was in the potter's hands. The clay never left the potter's hands. Oftentimes, when we make those excuses, what you're really doing is you're saying, God, I don't trust you enough. That you, I don't trust you that you know what you're doing. And so I'm giving this to somebody else. And really what you're doing is you're blaming other people and you're letting them shape you. You're letting humanity put their hands on you. And you're letting them tell you this is what you'll be for the rest of your life. See, sometimes it isn't always that the teacher is really looking out for you. But sometimes there are people in your life. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a family member that really isn't living for God. And they don't have your best interest in heart. They may be leading you down a wrong path. And you can blame them all you want. And you can look back and say, well, if they hadn't said that or if they hadn't did this, then I'd be well on my way to being what God's called me to be. The problem with that is you keep putting it into other people's courts and saying it's their fault. It's there. It may be that someone did say the wrong thing. 
I'm not saying that every time a teacher gets up and says, hey, quit talking, that it really was you talking. But sometimes, actually all the time, you've got to learn to take it back from other people and quit blaming everybody else around you and quit making excuses as to why you haven't done I put it in their hands and what happened? Nothing happened. I put it in man's hands and it just sat there. It didn't move. When you put your life into other people's hands and you put your life and say, or you take your life and you say it's because of this or because of that, then what happens is you get stunted in your growth. Your growth in, in God gets stunted and it, it doesn't go any further. It's not until you put it back into the potter's hand and say, God, you can use whoever you want to use. You can do whatever it takes. As long as the clay remains in the potter's hand, something beautiful will come out of it. As long as the clay remains in the potter's house and in the potter's hand, something beautiful. Can I tell you that missing church is not the answer? <laughs> missing Sunday school and missing youth service is not the answer. We don't need less church. We don't need less God and less, less of our pastors in our life. We need more of it. Because that, what that looks like is it looks like the potter making something beautiful. How many want to be something beautiful for God? How many want to be something that God can use? God has a specific design. A specific purpose for each and every person. God has something specific for you that he wants you. Yeah. That he wants you to do. He has something specific for you. He has a design for you. He has something in mind just for you. But if you give it to somebody else. And if you blame other people. And you don't take personal responsibility. You'll never be what God wants you to be. I'm almost done. Okay. <laughs> the question is being asked by God through Jeremiah. To Israel. Cannot I do with you as this potter? See, Israel was looking elsewhere for satisfaction. From the time that they came from Egypt and made their way through the wilderness, they were looking everywhere else but to God, their provider, for satisfaction. They looked to, to false gods. So much so that Aaron, or Moses, as soon as he went up, Aaron steps in and they said, Aaron, make us a God because we haven't seen God. We really want to sacrifice to him and talk to him. They weren't satisfied with what they had already been given. And even later on in this particular chapter, in this tense, they're not satisfied with what they already have. 
You find the children of Israel worshiping false gods and, and, and sacrificing even their kids to false gods and, and offering up burnt offerings to, to all of these different things. And, and they're just not satisfied with what God has already given them. But God is trying to ask them and trying to get them to realize that the same way that this potter is creating this vessel, a vessel that can be used. The same way that this potter takes his hands, places it on the vessel, and molds it and shapes it. God is saying, that's the same thing that I want to do with you. But oftentimes, we forget that it's God That's the potter. See, you can say that, but not really understand it. You can say that God made the heavens and the earth, right? And you can say that it was God that formed man or, and God that did this and God that did that. But there's a difference between saying it and really understanding it and realizing what that really means, right? When you think about God. I mean, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? There's a million different things, right? All powerful. He created all the sheep and the goats and the pigs. Created all the animals. He created people. He created the trees. He created the ocean, mountains, right? When you think about the power of God, the fact that that when you read David, he said, when I consider the heavens, when I consider your handiwork, the moon, the stars that your fingers have made, what is man? Who am I, God, that, that you're even mindful of me? When I consider the vastness of God, how, how he spoke animals into existence and, and how he said, let there be light, and there just was. How he just said, let the waters be separated, and they separated. And how he said, let the waters separate from the land, and it separated. And how he spoke all the animals into existence. And, and how he spoke the sun, moon, and the stars into existence. And when you really think about the vastness of God, it puts it into perspective. When on the sixth day of creation, after speaking all of these things into existence, he reaches down to earth and the Bible says that he, from the dust of the earth, creates man. Did you know that the dust essentially is the same ingredient that this clay is made out of? You're the same thing as this clay. It's hard to believe, isn't it? But it's a perfect description because oftentimes we can become too difficult to mold. God likens himself to this potter that Jeremiah sees working on the wheel, the wheel. This is God right here. And says, Israel, can I not do unto you like the potter has done to this clay? See, one thing we've got to understand is that God doesn't make mistakes. You serve, we serve a perfect God. Think about that. Nothing that he does is wrong. 
He can't lie. He doesn't steal. He doesn't cheat. He never says bad words. He's perfect, which means that everything he creates is perfect. A perfect God can't create imperfect people or imperfect things. What happens is man makes it imperfect. Anybody know the story of Adam and Eve? How Eve ate the fruit? And then what happened? Sin, right? And all of a sudden, we got a bunch of perfect people that are now imperfect. Now they're lying. And they're killing each other. And they're stealing from one another. He's a perfect God who creates things perfectly. So what you have to remember is that you're not just in the hands of any old person. You're in the hands of a perfect God. You're in the hands of a God that makes things beautiful. And so if you can learn to trust him and trust that every situation that has happened to you in your life and trust that everything that, that seems to go wrong in your life is actually God working on you. See, that the problem is, is we look at God and we think that he's just all good, which he is. But we think that the bad things that happen to us, we think that those things are, what are you saying, Emily? Oh, you're preaching. We think that those bad things that happen to us, sometimes we blame God for those. I've seen it happen. Somebody gets diagnosed with cancer. Or somebody loses a loved one. And they look and they say, God, why would you do this? But sometimes it's not God who does it. Sometimes it's just sin in our lives. But even in that process and even in those things that happen to us, God still takes it. And God still uses it to make you beautiful. Let's stand today. In the book of Romans, which is in the New Testament, the Bible says that, Shall the thing formed, this is the thing formed. The Bible says, Shall it say to him, the potter, that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Shall the potter say to the, shall the, shall the clay say to the potter, why did you make me like this? God, why did you let me go through all the things that I went through? God, why did you let me, why did you let those things happen to me? Why did you make me thus? It goes on to say, hath, hath not the potter power over the clay? Just like Jeremiah saw the potter. In the potter's house, making that vessel, shaping it, molding it into something beautiful is the same way that God sees you today. 
He sees you as a lump of clay that's going through the process of being made something beautiful. He sees you, he sees you in his hands with, with him, him making shapes and him putting a design there and him, him using you for something. He sees that in the future, but, but it, doesn't, it doesn't happen right away. It's, like I said in the beginning, it's a process. And oftentimes those things that happen in our lives, God uses those to make it something beautiful. Look at what she's made now. In the beginning, it was something simple. It was something, no offense, but bland. Didn't have much character to it. And now look, each, de each design is, is perfect. It's beautiful. Those things that happen, those, those, those tests, those trials, the temptations that come your way, that's God trying to form you into something beautiful. So don't you ever forget whose hands you're in. Don't you ever forget who holds your world. You may feel like everything around you is falling apart. You may feel like you have no friends. Your parents don't love you or maybe your parents aren't there. You may feel like everything is going wrong in your life. But don't ever forget whose hands you're in. You're not just in anybody's hands. But you're in the potter's hands. So stay in the potter's house. And stay in the potter's hands. And you watch him make you into something beautiful. Pastor Sirlaza, can you come here? See, you see pastors for Laza now. See, he's got a nice tie. He's got a nice haircut. He's got a nice car. Have you ever seen his car? It's nice, isn't it? He's got a beautiful wife. Sister Christine. They've got a house and a dog named Subby. Yes. Because they found her in the backyard of a subway. But pastors for Laza didn't always look like this. He didn't always have his life together the way that it looks right now. See, at some point in his life, he was a lump of clay. He had no purpose. He had no definition. You can't, you can't put water in this. You can't put food on this. You can't use this for anything. It's, it's useless. This is what he looked like. Pastor Hammond, this is what he looked like. And it wasn't until he gave his life to the potter that God began to make something beautiful out of it. Just because you don't look like what you want to look like right now. Just because you don't have the suit and tie on. Just because you're not singing on the stage. Young men, just because you haven't preached a sermon yet. 
just because you haven't just because you haven't taught a Bible study or won somebody to God doesn't mean that you can't end up the same way. A beautiful vessel, a masterpiece. It's a process. It's a process. Let's lift our hands. I want everybody, let's lift our hands. Let's lift our hands tonight. Come on, why don't we, why don't we talk to God right now? These altars are open. You're welcome to come down to this front. Listen, listen, listen. There are people in here today that your life looks like that lump of clay. Your life looks useless. You may have even been told that you're no good. That you'll never be anything. You'll never be useful in life. But I'm here to tell you today. That if you give your life to the potter. And you let him get his hands on you. That you can be made into a beautiful masterpiece. That you can be made into something so precious. So beautiful. Something invaluable. Invaluable means that it can't be calculated. It's worth more than money can buy. That can be you today. But it starts right here. Young adult, it's the same with you. You may not feel like you're where you want to be in life. You may not feel like you're exactly what God's called you to be. But if you'll stay in the potter's house, if you'll stay committed to the process of being molded and shaped by the potter, then eventually you'll come out a vessel of honor. You'll come out a beautiful masterpiece. For just a few moments, we don't have to be here all night, but I wonder if we can just lift our hands. Young people, teenagers, young adults, let's lift our hands and let's, let's let God talk to us tonight. Let's let God talk to us tonight. Come on, if you're ready to let God use you, if you're ready, ready to let God work on you, why don't you just talk to him right now? Is to be what you call me. Well, if that's your prayer, why don't you lift your hands and sing it right now? That's what I'll be. Said I will be. I will be what you call me to be. I'll say. 
Lord, I agree. Lord, I agree. My passionately is to be what what I'll be, said I will be, I will be what you call me to be, say yes, say yes, yes. yes. Lord, I, my desire, Lord I want to be what you call me. That's it. Let God work on you tonight. Let God put his hands on you tonight. My desire. Lord, is to be what you call me to be. That's what I Come on, 
just say, God, whatever you need to mold me into, whatever kind of vessel I need to be, Jesus, I agree. God, I won't resist your will. God, help me, Jesus, to be everything you called me to be. God, help me to not break the mold, Jesus. Come on, somebody, just a few more moments before we leave this house. Come on, before we leave this house.